Previously on Yahweh's Hard Talk. It is claimed that a certain dating site that recently changed its name was used by a foreign country to compromise the American election. So long as we keep treating the issues of politics as separate from everything else we do as those in technology, then the country remains in trouble. We need to seriously take a stand as an industry and give direction to how we want to have truly transparent elections. Welcome to Hard Talk, a podcast that looks at how we use technology and specifically ICTs in our daily professional and personal lives. Be it technological advancement in the transport industry, the revolution caused by the mobile phone, I also cover the disruption it is causing in the food and also the building industry. I'm your host, Robert Yawe, an ICT practitioner with over 30 years experience. This episode will be slightly different. Looking back at an article I wrote in November 2020, which was titled Going Down Memory Lane. And this had been triggered by an article somebody had written in LinkedIn, trying to explain the history of internet access in the country. Sadly, the person seems to have left out the 10 earliest years, which I would say would be from about the early 90s, when we're still doing lease lines, analog connectivity and the rest. And that's how far back my career goes. I kicked off mine in 1988, soon after my A-levels, but I'd earlier been bitten by the technology bug in some time in 85 when I visited an IT exhibition and was exposed to a machine called the Amstrad and another one called the Commodore 64. This is what the rest of the world was rolling out to their youth at that point. And you're looking at machines that had 64 KB of RAM. Yes, I didn't get that wrong. It's 64 kilobytes of RAM, not MB or GB as most of you nowadays operate. The true catch was when they allowed me to sit at the computer and type those famous two words, hello world. And when I saw, wrote the little code of, I think, three lines of basic and then hit execute and it popped up on the screen, I was hooked. I went on to do IT immediately after my A-levels. And uh, due to the high demand, within finishing my first certificate, I was immediately hired as a tutor for a college across the road from where I was studying. It's very interesting how, even though we believe technology has changed drastically, but when it comes to the implementation or how we utilize technology, sorry to say, in my opinion, we still are very far from getting to the present. 90% of what we're doing is still 1990, 1991, 92 technology. My first major job was in a manufacturing company in industrial area. that used to manufacture clothing. I'd been hired as a production clerk. And my main task was to come up with spreadsheet models to allow them to better manage the production process. But this was the early part of the process that was not easily computerized. But after that, they had a full ERP that was running off a a Xenix OS system with eight terminals. We literally had data being captured on the factory floor, in finance, in the store, across the entire organization, really all data was captured live. We didn't have batch processing or the rest. And this is 1989, 1990. Yet today I will walk to organizations and departments are not even interconnected. So which makes me wonder, then why are we rolling out more and more and more and more powerful hardware, implementing or what I call installing more and more advanced software, but yet we are not doing what I call implementation. Implementation is very different from installing. An implementation requires a change of culture, 
change management is required to be able to achieve true implementation of something. This problem is not unique to our SMEs and the rest. It extends all the way to our big boy, Safaricom. I'm sure they'll scream that, no, they have integrated ERP solutions that run the organization. But yet, even as of today, March 2022, Safaricom still can't give me their facility to pay for my domains together with my other postpaid services, which makes no sense. If they had a fully integrated system, then all their services should be able to identify me as a single person or a single entity. But they still know me by each of my various phone numbers, email domain hosting services, and not a single consolidated point. It's not unique to Safaricom. I think it extends as well to, for example, my bank, who even after five, six years of screaming and yelling, they have totally refused to give me my bank statement in XML. Some bright person at the bank told me that I'll edit the XML file. So I'm trying to understand how changing the XML file that has been sent to me as an email would actually go and change my bank balance. But that's a discussion for another day. Today, what do I see? I see organizations claiming to be IT savvy or to have embraced technology. Yet, if you look at the business cards for their staff, half of them have a free Gmail account or one of the others. The organization, even as we speak, has not been able to embrace why you have domain addresses, why you have registered domains for your organization. What this means is that anytime one of your clients needs to contact your salespeople, they're contacting them on their personal email addresses. So the day that particular salesperson or employee leaves, you have no idea what contacts they had with your clients. So when they walk away, they walk away completely with your clients. And so you start publishing messages in newspapers that note XYZ is no longer an employee of this organization. And I can assure you, even if most of your customers see that advert in the papers, they won't know what to do because the only contact they have is of that particular person. We need to start realizing that your client data is critical to your organization's survival. But as we see, we do look and learn, go out, tell people to bring their own devices, put their personal phone numbers on their business cards, put their personal email numbers on their business cards, and then you wonder why we are not making progress. In closing, I'd like to look at how we've ended up where we are today, especially in the relation to us being net importers of content. When we started off the internet, I believe there was a company called Carisi Communications, that later on changed its name to Africa Online, had run what you used to call a bulletin board. What a bulletin board was, was a way to actually generate content and share content locally. It was the expectation that this would transition into us hosting domains locally and generating local content and keeping that local content local. But unfortunately, it was shut down as the internet arrived or whatever we call the internet. Because for many of us, I know you think that the internet is... Google, Facebook, Gmail, and WhatsApp. China, don't forget, is not connected to any of those platforms, or at least not permanently. Yet they continue to flourish. India recently banned TikTok, but yet the country continues to grow in leaps and bounds. For us, all we can do is go onto Twitter and scream and yell over issues that have no direct impact to us, such as some war happening across the world, or somebody's account being suspended at the other end of the world as we comfortably send our data out. And so I wonder, over 30 years later, we still have not embraced technology. My journey continues. This podcast is hosted by Robert Yahweh and the content is based on articles written on the monthly magazine CIO East Africa. Production is done by Acute Media.